One in two women wear the wrong foundation. Are you? Time to upgrade. Il Maquillage is the boldest new brand in beauty. With 20,000 five-star reviews, their Woke Up Like This foundation is a bestseller for a reason. Available in 50 shades of flawless natural coverage, all cruelty-free. And with Try Before You Buy, it's risk-free. Take the Power Match quiz to find your perfect shade and try it free for 14 days. Go to ilmakiage.com slash quiz. That's I-L-M-A-K-I-A-G-E dot com slash quiz. Welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Big Sean, aren't you a big football fan? I am, I am, I am. I'm a fan of that not-for-long league NFL. I'm also a Canadian, love my CFL as well. Well, I think it's really interesting that despite the fact that pro athletes make a lot of money, well, at least what most of us consider a lot of money, many of them are ill-equipped to handle those finances. Dion, don't you have some stats on that? I sure do, sports fans. Uh, Sports Illustrated had an article. They said 78% of NFL players who are retired for only two years file for bankruptcy. And after five years of retirement, 60% of NBA players suffer the same fate. Well, you can call me Trick Daddy today because I got my bag of tricks to help address this problem. I brought in my main man, ex-NFL player, Mr. C.J. Smith. C.J., welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Good to have you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to be on the show. I've been listening to this show for a while now. Oh, you're making us blush over here. Thank you, bro. Okay, well, you know, for those that don't know you, tell me a little bit about CJ, how this whole football hustle started for you and so forth. Um, so football for me, uh, as a black boy in America, um, you, I feel like I only had a couple options to liberate myself, and that was either through entertainment or sports. And so I chose football, and the only way I was going to be able to, to go to college was on a scholarship. So I had to work hard in football to get that scholarship. So and where'd you grow that up? Was my, uh, I grew up in uh, Minnesota, born and raised. Oh, oh, okay. So you must be a Vikings fan then. <laughs> yeah, I am. Secretly. I was, not really anymore, but yeah. And sadly enough, you know, I, I, I was just mentioning to Dion this week that the, Byron Allen said on his interview on The Breakfast Club that you can't name like more than 10 black successful people that haven't really become super wealthy by entertainment or sports. It's like where they start, where the foundation is laid and then they kind of brought, go off and do other great things. But a lot of wealth is accumulated. You're right. Through entertainment or sports, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's why what attracted me to this show uh, so much is that there's, a lot of successful people um, who didn't play sports. When, when you were coming up, CJ, what kind of uh, financial education did you have or what was your family like? What were you exposed to as a young man? Oh, man. So just like welfare, Section 8, all that, all those things and just living check to check. Just a typical, I would say a typical black family. Uh, a, a, lot, a lot of, uh, not typical, but um, yeah, that's how they explained it. Did you find that it was like, within your community that was like it was kind of promoted and how to you know make the system work for you taking you know staying on section eight kind of almost was like promoted and how to get government more government money opportunity within the black community definitely definitely you know people selling food stamps um and things like that so um really just trying to work um trying not to work too much so you can still get these benefits and so that's how i grew up and um that's 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 what i grew up knowing so yeah so when you got drafted, what were you thinking about in terms of your money? Or how, how did you deal with that early on? So I didn't get drafted. Um, I, I signed as a free agent. So it was a little, little bit harder for me. Um, I didn't see that 
that big money until I made the active roster. But when I did make the active roster, a lot of people around me, thankfully, just told me just to try to save somebody. And so thankfully, um, I did save a little bit of money as much as I could. But I also spent a lot. So yeah. and, and when you were trying to make that active roster, were you like in the mindset of like trying to make it to get this money? Or were you like what they promoted on TV, like I'm trying to win championships and so forth? Or most were the mentality amongst <laughs> you and other players like we trying to get this money? I'm trying to get this money. <laughs> Big check. I don't know about anybody else. I'm trying to get this money. Uh, so yeah, that was that was mine. And it makes sense that you wanna you wanna get the big check, right? Because when you look at what the average career span is for an NFL player, it's about they say four point eight years. Um, not, not for actually, long. sorry, no, they said NBA's four point eight years, NFL five point six. So you get a little mm-mm, bit longer. Mm-mm, no, NFL's less. Yeah, I think it's lower than that. Oh no, sorry. You know what? My bad. So let me take it back. Let me take it back. So NBA. Then MLB, then NFL. So I mixed it up. So NBA 4.8. You might get a little longer in the baseball league, 5.6. But yeah, that's a brutal sport. So NFL, 3.5 years. You need to make that money and then make it stretch. Not for long. That's what we call it. And what was your fallback plan if you didn't make it to the NFL? I mean, you were courageous enough to say, you know, what made you say, you know, I didn't get drafted, but I'm going to still try to hustle it out and just come be an unrestricted, just what, unrestricted free agent or whatever you want to call it and just walk on the field and try to make the team what was it going through your mind was it do or die yeah it was do or die and uh i have a a lot of stories um i went through a lot of things throughout my first year but it it did become do or die because i was scared of um working at a desk for the rest of my life and so um that was my mentality did you have any financial advisors at all when you were even in that process or early on you know that were giving you like you said some of the players gave you advice anyone beyond that in your circle um no not really just the normal things like uh like my mom and my family just telling me just to uh to save and make sure i pay off my debt and so at least i got those two things um to pay off my debt and save save a little bit of money um it's interesting uh that you say that charles because the nfl uh, players association uh they claim that 78 players lost a total of $42 million just between 1999 and 2002 because they actually had bad advisors, which I thought was, yeah. you, you're looking to go for someone, going to go to someone who's trusted with your money, and then they end up being the ones to end up swindling you in the end. And, and what's yeah, the, I think that's a big problem. And what's the locker room talk like in there when it come, in terms of money? And what was your mindset as well? Um, so it depends on uh, who, what, what type of guys you surround yourself with in the locker room. But majority of the guys in the locker room are spending money. Um, you're getting these checks every single week, um, big checks every week. And so you're looking for ways to spend. <laughs> and so that was just the motto. It was a fashion show every time you step into the locker room. Wow. Um, who, has the big, who has the best car? Who has the nicest TV? Who has the best shoes? So just things like that. And they would actually talk about it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, like I said, you pull as soon as you pull into the parking lot, you see all these Stunt. different type of cars. Wow! And so it, it started. It started there. And we say people were living paycheck to paycheck, waiting for the next check to spend it, or were the, was that a lot of the mindset? Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't think people are actually living paycheck to paycheck during the season, mm. but uh, we only get paid throughout the season. So after the season, we didn't get paid, and so after the season, I think some people probably struggled. Because wow. they spent all their money in those sixteen weeks. And what about management? Are they are they advising them, seeing like seeing how their spending habits and coming to you guys saying, Hey, you need to slow down and manage your money better? Or is like the ownership getting involved or just watching this show happen every week? Oh, uh so 
the NFL is fortunate enough that they do have the NFLPA, and as a rookie in the NFL, you have to spend a certain amount of time um, learning about uh, finances a little bit. But usually, when you're when you're playing football, you have to be immersed in it to make it. Like you 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 don't have much time to think about anything else besides football, and so it's kind of hard to receive that message um, when you're in in it. And you're not being monitored after that. You're just on your own after you do that. Nobody's saying anything to you. Just watch. People are just watching you spend. And as long as you perform, everything is okay. Exactly. You hit it on the head. Now, before you got the big check, like when you first, when you're in that walk-on mode or when you're, you're, you're getting signed or a practice squad or, or that early on first year, what kind of money do those players make? Yeah, so if you're on practice squad, um, you probably get like like 7000 a week. And then after tax, that's probably like uh like four thousand dollars or three point five thousand dollars. That's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. That's but in sixteen sixteen weeks, though, I mean, still not bad. But out, I'm out of fifty two, right? Right. Um, I don't know if I realize that you guys got paid weekly. Um, but how can you focus, right? Like, you, so you're playing ball, right? Then you barely get a little bit of financial literacy, and then on top of that, you've got all kinds of people pitching you business ideas. And family in your right? pockets. <laughs> and unfortunately, that's been another real issue for athletes. So Ed, Ed uh, Batowski, he's a financial professional at Chapman um, Investments. He says athletes are targets for poor investment pitches because they know people know you got the big checks. Speaking of big checks, so what did you do with your first big check, CJ? So my first big check, um, I bought a car. That was my- <laughs> cash? <laughs> you bought it all cash? Can you blame them? I did it. I did it. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to say that uh, I put $10,000 down to, to finance this car. To finance? What? I don't even want to ask, what did, kind of car did you buy? Were you trying to? I want to hear. Were you keeping up with the other guys on the team? What did you buy? Tell me you bought a Honda. Please tell me you bought a Honda, CJ. No. <laughs> What'd you get? What'd you get? The Phantom. What'd you get? What'd you get? A thirty thousand uh, dollar Mercedes. Oh, you Benz did out. Woo! Are you are you practice squad dude right now? Or are you actually on the active roster with the Benz? So, uh, so I was I was making active money when I when I bought the Benz. Okay. Okay. All so right. how were you going to work before that? You were taking the bus. Anybody take anybody on the practice squad that respects it? You these take public transportation to the to the practices that you know of? No, nah, no. Nah, there's a couple of guys who live uh, not too far away who bike, um, but nobody's taking the bus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Let me ask you one more question. So now you got the big check, you bought the car. I'm sure, because I, as as poor as I am, I get it. Like, what was family pressure or peer pressure like amongst friends? Like, how were they? Were they all waiting to on this check to come? Um, I would say somewhat, yeah. Uh, I think some people in my family might have looked at me a little differently, but um, I was always kind of low key, and and I think that helped me a lot because. I just didn't respond to a lot of people uh, unless you were inside my immediate circle. So, give me an example of somebody how somebody reached out to you. I just want to hear what did they say? Somebody like distant. Oh man, there's people out, out the woodworks. Um, not even family, just people who I might have came in contact for a couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> um uh, it, it, it got it got crazy, and even sometimes still to this day, um, I'll have like old teammates that that hit me up and they're asking for money. Um, and it, it's really sad to see actually. Wow. Yeah, well, we know the stats, right? Wow. These are guys that didn't make it as well and think that you made it out, so you have to kind of give back a little. Mm-hmm. How hard was it budgeting that, what, 16-week? When you got to the off-season, was it difficult for you? I know for a lot of players it is. It, did you struggle in those off-season months? Did you have to get jobs? Did you just wait till the season started? What, what was that like? Um, I didn't know. Um, I didn't at all. Uh, I, I spent a lot of money in the off-season, I can't lie, but... Um, 
not all my money. So I was I was fortunate enough not to do that. And how old were you when you got in the league, when you first got your check? Because I imagine for the players in the locker room, if you're in your early 20s, it's one type of mentality. And if you happen to be Tom Brady and you're 42, you know, maybe you have a, a different mentality. But for the young men, like what age did you get your first big check? I was 22. Wow. Still a baby. Still coming out of diapers. <laughs> Let, let me ask you this now. I know with football, it's such an incentive-based contract. Like, how did you incorporate that when it came to injuries? Did you kind of, like, know out there and feel like you can't get hurt and really trying to play the game where you're a little hesitant not to get hurt? Was that in the back of your mind? Because you, if you got injured, if you got injured and you're on the practice squad, what would happen? you still get paid? Uh, so, um, yeah, you do still get paid. But if you, if you were on the active roster, they cut your salary. Uh, pretty much in half, and so you're not getting that full check anymore when you're hurt. Wow. And then a big thing uh, in the NFL is you can't make the team if you're on the sideline. <laughs> wow. Wow. No matter um, if you were so a superstar if before, if you're a superstar, it doesn't matter. If you're a superstar, you'll, you'll get away probably with a lot more, but if you're a guy like me trying to make the team or a rookie, um, they're not going to cut you much swag. Did you have a budget and plan, like in case an injury, I'll call it, no pun intended, an injury reserve? No, nah, not, not a chance. I, no, no, no budget or no <laughs> nothing like that. Wow. So your exposure was very high because if you don't, if you, if you make it through, if you get injured, there's not a lot of plan B happening for you and probably a lot of other people in the league. Uh, yeah, exactly. One, one smart player told me only count the money that's in your pocket. Nice. I'd love to know about, you talked about buying your car when your first big purchase. What about a home? Did you buy real estate? Did you rent? And yeah, you know, tell us about that process. Um, no, I was, I was just renting. So wherever we're at, um, I try to get a, a short-term lease and, and lease. And some of the times I, I would get cut and I would have this lease and I would have to get out of it. You're paid for the weeks you work. So if you get cut in week eight, that's it. That's it. Got it. And and what about taxation, though? If you live in Minnesota and you're playing in L.A. or if you're playing in whatever city, are you taxed in both of those cities? Uh, yeah. So if I'm... If I'm living in, uh, so I played in Philly, uh, I live in Minnesota, I also live in Philly, and then we're playing, say we're playing in New York, I get texts from New York, Philly, and Minnesota. Wow. Wow. And you, did you consider that at that age? Like, did you consider changing your residence from Minnesota to the city you were playing in, or because it was so in flux that you were on these short-term contracts, did you not even think about that? Or um, I considered it, but like I said, in order to make it in football, you got to be consumed. And so I, I felt like I didn't have the time. I, I probably did, but I just felt like I didn't to do it, to do that. Wow. I mean, we can go on and on. We're getting really deep here. It's when you get the big check people. And as CJ is saying, there is a lot around getting this big check and how you manage it and all the other uh, incidentals that happen around this thing. This is very interesting. So we're two black guys with good credit. We're going to go to commercial. Be right back with more CJ Smith. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, a show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Today, we are talking about getting the big check, and we are joined by former NFL football player C.J. Smith. Hey, well, listen, you know, the reason why we did this show, I believe, is that everybody in life has a chance to get a big check, and it's what your definition of big check is. A big check to some may be $500, a big check may be $5,000, a big check may be a million dollars, but the thing is, is what you do with that check. So don't think because you're hearing pro football player C.J. Smith talk about his check 
faith that you're not going to get a big check in life because we all will have access to some sort of lump sum at one time in our life. And it's what you do with it. And this is what the show is supposed to be teaching you. So, okay, CJ, you got this big check and you realize, you know, no pun intended, the car was not the best choice to make when you got the first check, as you said. So what was your like rude awakening where you're like, I am not going down the right path here with, and I'm like kind of misusing this money that I'm getting every week. <laughs> um, when I just started to look at my account and my money was just starting to go down the drain, that's when I realized. That's a good indicator. Yeah. What was your turning? What'd you do? Um, I reached out to Mr. Sean and Linda. Oh, hey. hey. I got my <laughs> plug. There we go. Oh, CJ. I was trying to fish it out, you know, in a nice way. <laughs> I was trying to He's forget adjusting it. his crown as we I, speak. You do a lot of fishing in Minnesota, right? You do a lot of ice fishing down there, right? <laughs> yeah. So I was trying to get yeah. that big... Blue bass out of you, <laughs> a ten pounder. <laughs> so you've turned into two black guys with good credit. It's not just me, CJ. You got the lady with the facts. You got Big Matt there, and you got Mr. A Forbes always listening in, like Big Brother. And what did you? What was? What inspired you? What did you say? That, hey, this is what I need to do. This show is helping me. What was something that you got from our show? Oh um, man, you guys helped me get my credit in order and um, talking about leverage and all those things really helped me. And so when I reached out to you, Sean, um, he told me to eliminate my housing expense. And so... Um, you got to be more specific for the good people out there. When you say eliminate housing expense, I, I, I didn't tell you to go homeless and live on the streets. What did I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> he told me to eliminate my housing expense and um, that term to me is called house hacking. What house hacking is, is where you buy a duplex, triplex, or fourplex and you live in one of the units and you rent out the other side and so essentially you're living for free boss move yeah because i said you were a dink you know you and your wife i consider a dink which is double income no kids right so you don't need a lot of space so it's best like let your tenants pay your mortgage and start you know getting rid of your your rental your rent basically so cj i i just want to verify this so you're saying talking to sean linda actually helped you (laughs) <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to verify. I, just, I was a little stuck, but okay. I'm, Don't I'm, hate, appreciate, bro. <laughs> Don't hate. No appreciate. hate, no hate. So, so you you got so, and we you know just for let the audience know we we had one conversation and it was a few months ago and you know it was good. It was maybe about an hour, but for you to act on it. Is, 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 it says a lot because people reach out to me all the time and I'll give them conversation and it's more or less they take it in, but they're still scared sometimes to make that move. And you made that move surprisingly like right away to the point that now you and your wife are in contract to buy somewhere or you actually closed. Yeah, so we closed on the 15th. So nice. Amazing. Congratulations. Strong J, strong J, strong J. <laughs> and what did you close on? Uh, we closed on a duplex in a in a great neighborhood in Minnesota. Oh wow! Did you get a tenant? Uh, yeah. So there's actually two tenants living in there right now. My um, look at that! So the type of the type of loan that we have, we have to move in within sixty days. So we get there. Well, the other people that they're kicked one side out. And so, are they covering majority of your mortgage, if not all? Yeah. So our plan is to go in there. Um, once the other side moves out, we're going to redo, uh, renovate the whole place and raise the rent. And we're actually going to let one of my wife's best friends live with us. And that's going to actually we're actually going to produce income from living there. Wow. Right. So do I have a place when I go to Minnesota? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, you got you got to pay it. Yes, sir. Oh, that's that's amazing. So now you've turned your expenses into income. So that has swung your your monthly income in, you know, I'm sure it's double now, the, the disposable income that you have now. 
compared to what you had a few months ago, a year ago. Yeah, definitely. So my expenses right now are super low. Um, don't have to pay for housing. And so I feel like I'm, I'm free right now. Well, let me take it back a little bit, TJ. So during your playing career, what was the biggest salary you made? What was the biggest year of your income? So I would say what, it's like 350000 And are you retired now? Are you still playing or what, what's your status now? Yes, I'm retired. In your post-playing career, what have you been doing prior to reaching out to Sean and getting some of this, this game that, that Mr. Linda had? I just wanted to know, like, what, what were you doing and what do you do for income in your post-playing career? Um, so I've been listening to two black guys in good credit. <laughs> I love you, man. I love the plugs. <laughs> and this is a non-paid interview, by the way, everybody that's listening. Okay, brother ain't paying me. Uh, <laughs> I'm coming to Minnesota to go some ice fishing with him and, and, and stay, under, stay by his crib. Yes, sir. Um, you guys help me out so much. So that's the only thing. That, that's the best I can do is, um, is, is plug a little bit. So um, I listen to two black, black guys with good credit. Um, you guys talk about side hustles, um, other ways to make money. And I was just researching all that stuff um, from the time that I stopped playing. So now I had that freedom that I didn't have to work right away. Um, and so I just started applying a lot of those concepts. And um, right now I'm just a part-time personal trainer. And then I rent out my car on Toro. And I <laughs> Who do are you? Wow. And that pays for all my expenses. And my expenses are super low. So, like I said before, I feel like I'm free free right now. Wow, that's the feeling. And, and, you know, this is what I say all the time. Like, we all have a special talent, and it's how you leverage that talent. So what you realize is what you did. You built up a resume of how to train over the years by playing football. And then learning how to train effectively, you're able now to package that and monetize that in your post-football years to say, hey, I may not play football, but I know how to get in shape. And, you know, I can train you to do so. I think that's amazing. I think that's what most people have got to understand. Like on your job can teach you certain skill sets, regardless if you're a football player, if you're an accountant, if you're a lawyer, if you're just working at McDonald's, you can you have a certain skill that you can leverage and monetize. And then once you monetize what you did, CJ, is that you said, OK, I got this revenue coming in. But I like I said Net income is revenue minus expenses. I'm still going to go hard and hustle and figure out how to reduce my expenses next to nothing. And you did that. You, you rent, you've bought a place. You got, you're getting income now. You have multiple streams of revenue. And I always say, you know, one of my punches can't take you out because you have multiple things going on that you can't, one thing can take you out. If, for example, you can't, you injured yourself on the job personal training compared to football, you still got your rental income coming in. If you lose a tenant, you still got your personal income, personal training coming in. And the left hand doesn't depend on the right hand. And your wife is an accountant, is she, if I remember correctly? Yes, sir. So is that stable income coming from her? I, I need mm-hmm. you guys to adopt me, bro. <laughs> 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 was it rough in terms of transitioning from your biggest year of income and your playing days to not getting that income? Like was during that bridge, did you have to transition mentally on how you were you know, living, like not getting that pay, that same paycheck? Oh, yes, of course. Um, when I was getting that big paycheck, we were not frugal at all. Uh, and so when I started to see the money go down the drain, I was stressed and worried and anxious and I had to figure it out. So my question is, what would you tell, like I always say to people, financial literacy, it should be a supportive of your lifestyle. You shouldn't just be thinking like, you know, I'm going to become financial literate so I can make a million dollars. It's a big rich, get rich plan because it's not as you, as you witnessed. So what would you tell those listening to the show about the lessons, your lessons of financial literacy? Feel free to plug us again. <laughs> yeah. um, I will, I will. Uh, but now uh, that I'm not, I learned all this from 
the the free workshop that you guys offered. Um, oh, that that's our that was that our financially clean workshop. Yes, the financially clean workshop. Oh wow! Oh, Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. I learned so much. It was, it was great. So continue, my brother. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter how much money you're making. Uh, to me, when I was making all that money, I was just spending it all. And now that I'm not making nearly as much, um, I, I'm living a happier life because my expenses are super low. So I'm trading in my time for money, pretty much. So CJ, do you have any? Do you have a financial advisor in your life now? I did, but I'm, I'm happy to say that I just broke free of my financial advisor uh, two weeks ago. And why is that? Because of the fees. I thought I was going to get my plug. <laughs> Can I ask that question again? And, and, <laughs> and, and why is that? Uh, because I've been watching, uh, listening to Two Black Guys and Good Credit, and those hidden fees will get you. Oh, oh, my smart man, smart man. Well, I'll say <laughs> this. I mean, absolutely. Call us whenever. You know, Sean, is. we're always welcome to, you know, advise anyone who's looking to reach out and actually get this information. Um, but should you want to get someone uh, local, um, there is a, a, a site called Smart Assets, and it's actually a free tool that will match you with a fiduciary financial advisor in five minutes in your area. So for those who are um, unsure how to go about it, maybe don't have anybody in their circle who has an advisor, this is actually uses algorithms to really find the right match for you. And uh, um, at least some advice is better than none at all. Or you can tune into Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Absolutely. And, and before we, <laughs> one, just to get back to a couple of things, you, you said something that was really interesting. You said, although you're making less money now, you're more happier than you were when you were playing football. Is that because of like you don't have that paranoia of getting injured, of like not getting that check every week, knowing that this is more stable income coming in? You're in control. Yeah, yeah, I'm more in control. Um, so just being football is, is really, it's really a lot mental. It's really stressful, and, and, and it, it really uh, it took it takes a lot just to play. So now that I have my free time, um, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. Only work fifteen dollars a week. And I, I, like I said, like I keep on saying, I feel good and I feel free. <laughs> so you're not looking back. You're only looking forward. Not looking, only forward. Give me a life coach thing, Dion. You're all the life coach. What's the life coach saying for that? What's he doing? You're Miss Life Coach. You know, you're not the lady of the facts right now. Be Miss Life Coach. What's well, he doing right now? I mean, really and truly, he is being responsible for his life um, rather than being at cause. So um, I feel like you were, um, to a certain extent, I don't want when you say you're, you're victim, it's like you were uh, at the mercy of the game versus now you've taken the reins. Let me give you your plug, Dion. So where can people <laughs> find you if they need some life coaching skills? <laughs> this is what we do at Two Black Guys with Good Credit. You get your money's worth on this show. So where can they find you if they need some life coaching? Wow. Come to liveyourbestlifeforyou.com, and we're going to create the life of limitless possibility. CJ, I, you know, I just want to say, my brother, I know you're a young guy. And I'm very, I've never met you physically, but I can say this to you. I'm very, very proud of you, bro. Not just for listening to the show, but just for the decisions you've made in life at a young age and to be, have that responsible mindset and understand things and understand what you needed to adjust and change to live that life. And if I was like you at 25, I would be that much further ahead. So for all the young people listening, you know, people like CJ are people that you should really look up to and know that regardless of your circumstances, a guy that came from Section 8 from the project can do it with, with just a mindset. And the NFL, yes, it helped him out, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't what put him 
him what helped was the only it wasn't the only that propelled him to where he is today. It was making that active change and understanding money. CJ, I have a question for you. I, being a professional athlete, I know that required a lot of discipline for your physical training, your physical well-being. Did that discipline in, with your physical life did that translate into you being able to be disciplined with your financial life when you started to when the light went on financially? Is there is there a correlation with your discipline? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's why football players struggle to find jobs after because they don't utilize those skills. Um, and so just taking that discipline, like you said, from football and applying it to learning about finances and taking that discipline and doing personal training and taking that discipline and just continue to take that discipline and do it because a lot of people don't have discipline. So there's my advantage right there. Yeah. And how you monetize. And it goes right back to anything that you do. Like you have to keep up regardless of you. You can't be living in this tunnel vision and not understand like the world is evolving and your skill sets has to change. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that if you do play football, you did make it in NFL. You do have skills that are transferable. Um, you just have to figure out what they are. And m- managing money is a key, like how well you manage your money and how well you manage your finances. And as you said it, regardless of how much money you make, it comes down to can you ma- are you going to manage your money correctly? Yeah, exactly. Um, do you want to choose your time or your money? Exactly. Hey, time or money, that's what we got to talk about right now. It's two black guys with good credit, and we about to get the big check. Two black guys with good credit. Keep it locked. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Today, we are discussing the big check. And when you get that big check, what you're supposed to do with it? Today, we have (laughs) have (laughs) CJ Smith, former NFL football player, joining us. Now, CJ, our producer, Arlington Forbes, informed me that the NFL has a program where they will pay for ex-players to go back to school. Is this true? Can you tell us about this? And are you considering doing this program? Uh, Yes, they do. They do pay for ex-players to go back to school. Um, It's free, so why not take advantage of it? Um, As I start to dabble with real estate, why not get my real estate license? So are you part of now the, re- the NFL players, like, retirement association? Like, are you considered a – how many years do you have to spend in the league to kind of be considered, like, part of their whole retirement structure plan and all that stuff? So the benefits start um, when you've played two years. So oh, I've that's not bad. two years, so I get – So you're, you're, you're part of the fraternity for life. Yes, sir. You get to walk on the field at games? Can I come on the field with you? You get to go on the sidelines, all that stuff? <laughs> Show them some ID? Like I'm, you, huh? I'm not sure about that one yet. I'm not sure about that one. So so now that, you know, you're getting your feet dabbled in a little bit of real estate, you've started your own personal training and all that. What do you see? What are you looking at to invest in moving forward? Um, I'm going to continue to listen to the show. Um, My brother. talking about, about bonds and, and index funds. And so I think index funds are... Uh, that would probably be the next thing that I, I would like to dabble with. Wonderful. That's great. There's a there's a young man similar to you. Have you heard of uh, New York Jets linebacker Brandon Copeland? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, he's 27, so uh, also quite young. And uh, he also knows, you know, his football career isn't, isn't forever. So it's it's good to hear that more of you are really thinking ahead. So he actually graduated from Wharton. He's actually spent a couple of summers interning at some investment banks. And I just read an article where he right now is living off just 10 to 15 percent of his NFL salary. And basically he's saving his money to then go and teach financial literacy, financial literacy himself. That's awesome. So it's, it, that's really awesome. So, so CJ, question for you. 
if you look back, if you went back in time to the year when you made your your biggest salary, your your four hundred or three hundred and fifty grand, if with the knowledge that you've gotten now, if you were to go back in time, how, how do you think you could have flipped that, or what do you think you could you have turned that three hundred and fifty into four hundred and fifty, five hundred, or you know, could you have grown that money differently if if you were, had this knowledge? What are you trying to say, Matt? Hindsight is three fifty, three fifty. I would have. I, I definitely could have doubled my money easily. Um, but it's all about cash flow. So I think I would have invested more into real estate. Probably bought some bigger, bigger apartments or were uh, commercial real estate and just worked fo- really focused on the cash flow. Great, absolutely. And so I, it sounds like you know. You know, we are two confident brothers right now, and I sound like I'm speaking to another confident brother. So how do you see your financial future? I mean, you must be, like, very confident. Yeah, yeah, I'm super confident. Um, I, my financial future, I think, is going to be great. Um, we plan on buying two houses every year, and mm. if we get up to 10 houses, we'll be able to do whatever we want to. That's mm. great. So, and, I, and I would say, CJ, you know, as my advice to you, like, like you don't need to super expose yourself. You know, you don't need to take large risks. Just slowly grind, acquire, and don't think that you need to. You, as you, you don't need to hit the home run. Keep hitting first base, second base, and all those assets that you buy buildings will add up. And by the time you hit, you know Matt's age, you'll be the, like the next super. <laughs> you'll be the next Warren Buffett. Wow. Don't expose yourself. Don't let anybody tell you the, the next get rich scheme plan because you're doing the right. You're working at the right pace. You're 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 minimizing your expenses. You're you're acquiring assets. And you're not exposing yourself too much. And I like to hear that you want to diversify, too. Yes. Um, what do you recommend for other athletes or young professionals coming out? What, what advice would you give them? Focus on your finances. It will save you a lot of time and money. And how's your credit score right now doing? My credit score right now is a 750. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and what was it before you started listening to two black guys with good credit? <laughs> 617. <laughs> well, we're, we are absolutely proud of you. I'm very well, much proud well of you. Well done. Oh, man. Thank you guys so much. I look up to all, all of you, and it's an honor um, to be here talking to you guys. No, it, it truly is an honor to have you because, you know, we started this mission three years ago, and it was really for people like yourself, young people like yourself, to kind of tune in and understand what we were saying. And really, all this show, a lot of the show is built on, you know, trial and error, things that we've done, good and bad, that we try to correct and teach. So you catching in and then even going as further as listening to Financially Clean, it's what it's all about. It's really creating a movement. So, you know, your only fee to us is is pass on the knowledge and make sure you keep doing yes. what you're doing. And give me my free Airbnb spot when I come to Minnesota. Let's go. <laughs> let's do some ice fishing, brother. Let's do some ice fishing. I don't think I've ever ice fished. <laughs> <laughs> you wait till the end of the show. <laughs> Well, we can experiment together. So. Uh, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Well, thank you for coming on Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Um, we're going to keep in touch with you, CJ, to see how much, how further you've gotten along. We'd love to have you back on the show maybe a year or so from now. Just let's see, see what CJ's up to. Yeah, man. Any handles? Yeah, where do people? Where can people follow you? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at uh, CJSmith underscore six. All right. Yep. Okay, cool. And actually, just so you know, we're both Smiths. So I think we're cousins. So I'm going to come out. See, he wants to hit you up, CJ. I'm, I'm come He's to trying the... to hit you up, bro. You see how it goes? I'm just saying. One conversation, just saying, one cause... meeting. Now you're related. I know you got oh, like... some of that, that NFL money left over. So, you know, <laughs> cousin Matt just trying to come get a. <laughs> cousin Matt. <laughs> 
if you can handle this Minnesota winning. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again for coming on the show, CJ. It was nice to have you. Um, we'll keep in touch, bro, and say hello to the wife. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah. So stay tuned for more Two Black Guys with Good Credit. It's all about getting that big check. Two keep it locked. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. It's all about getting the big check today. We want to thank our guest, C.J. Smith, again. It was a wonderful interview. And my bottom line is regardless of, of what we do or how much money we make, if we're NFL players or if we're working a nine-to-five, it's vital for us to gain knowledge on our finances. And no matter what a big check is to you, make sure you think strategically on how to best grow your money. And I'm Matt Smith, and I'm out. C.J.'s cousin. <laughs> I'm Sean, and I just want to say, you know, it comes down to, you know, living your best life now. Make that decision to live your best life, but allow financial literacy to help support you and propel you to live your best life. And understand that you define what this big check is and what you do with this check. A $100 check is a big check if you spend it right. So please take time to spend your money wisely. And you listen to a young man, CJ Smith, that is doing that and truly truly living his best life so live your best life people i'm sean linda two black guys with good credit your money's your money keep it in your damn pocket thanks sean and now let's give the final word in this week's episode to the lady with the facts so dion why don't you take us home well like cj we always encourage you to email us at tbgwgc at gmail.com follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Black Guys Good Credit. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review to make it easier for those to find us. Uh, today, um, I'm actually going to do the review um, about uh, an amazing woman who made financial literacy a very central part of her life uh, that sadly ended yesterday uh, in a massive heart attack, my dear friend Giselle Best who she actually coined herself the uh, tax woman of the hood. Uh, this is a woman who gave so much to empower women. Uh, she did work in uh, business development, business strategy, uh, teaching financial literacy. Uh, she actually sealed her book deal, uh, The Wealthy Place. Uh, I guess it was Wednesday, uh, Thursday morning, and she passed away that afternoon. So her legacy will live on in helping others create uh, their wealthy place around the world. Uh, but I had to take this moment just to shout her out because she was just one of those, those special ones. You were the best. Simply the best. And my name is Dion Nichols, a.k.a. the lady with the history, the stats, and the cold hard facts. And I'm out. Do but God with good credits.